Support for this broadcast and the following message come from the Texas Dog Father, where they proudly train all breeds, sizes, and temperaments, from puppy training and general obedience to anxiety, fear, or aggression. They offer a 30-day immersion board and train program and are located in Katy, Texas. Visit the Texas Dog Father on Facebook today and receive $25 off an assessment when you mention this podcast. I'm Robin Arudi and welcome to Dog Stories. I'm a photographer, writer, animal advocate, and dog lover. Each week I plan to bring you inspiring interviews, educational tidbits, and witty conversations with an assortment of fun guests. They'll share their stories about relationships with dogs and how that impacts all of our lives. I hope you are inspired by these stories of survival, selflessness, and unconditional love. We are here with Julia Long today, owner of the Purple Cat Resale Shop, mm-hmm. and welcome, Julia. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We met a few years ago, and we can tell a little bit about that story because I'm going to post. I'm going to post the, the famous picture uh, of yes, you yes, with yes. the puppies. Yes. In a nutshell, do you want to tell uh, a little bit about that? In a nutshell, I seem to always rescue the hardest cases whenever I take a wrong turn or um, leave my house unexpectedly. (laughs) And this was one of those times, and um, I had gone out to book club, took a wrong turn, and found a mom and her puppies. And long story short, a few days later, when we went back to get them, there was a um, a, a car. That's my foster, one of my foster's claws. Oh, he's getting into something. He's getting into something. Clyde, yeah. come here. Come here, Clyde. Um, and <laughs> and uh, there was a hit and run, and a car jumped a curb and pinned me against my car and put me in the hospital and unable to walk for a while. And it was such a almost iconic moment for me in rescue that... That's when you came in and took some photos of it all. Yeah, I had to. I had to get get in on that. I had mm-hmm. to see who this crazy <laughs> mofo girl was, uh-huh. and meet all the puppies. And so you'll see some photos of that. So we have stayed in touch and been friends and done some great rescues together and networking. And in the meantime, she's opened up the Purple Cat Resale Shop, which benefits you. You say it benefits Animal Rescue, and we're actually in the process of trying to expand some because it's been so successful, so we're figuring out our business model on that, but um, it's all donation-based, and every dollar that comes in, in some form or fashion, benefits animals around Houston. And how could they get in touch with you if they want to come shopping or donate? (laughs) (laughs) Clyde, it's wrapped around his head. Um, I'm going to have to put a picture of... Fathead Clyde. Big, yeah. Uh, yeah. Big, big head Clyde. Big head Clyde, sorry. Um, Fathead works fine. Um, they can visit our website, uh, the Purple Cat Resell, or always can contact us through Facebook. We have a Facebook page for the Purple Cat Resell and, of course, a group for the Love Molly Fund. So a few days ago, I was on Facebook, and you had put out a plea. So this is really what I wanted to talk about today which um, not after everything's happened, but during. It started the other day, and it's still going on, and I, and I want to hear more about it. You, you put an emaciated-looking picture of a dog mm-hmm. up with some videos, and her, 
Her mouth was chattering in a dis very distemper-esque way. Correct. And you had asked for help. Um, and then the story started to unfold. Things started to happen. And so can you kind of take us back to how you even met this dog? Yeah, so this is an interesting one because in over 200 rescues, I've never found the owner. And um, so what happens is I, of course, jump in the car last minute to take a load over to the Purple Cat. I have my foster dog and rescue Pepper in the car. And I decided, oh, I'll get an iced tea. And I, so I went away. I don't normally go and pulled into a jack-in-the-box parking lot and up wanders on the feeder road of the freeway, um, a dog that I basically immediately started panicking and crying and not knowing what to do because it was probably the third worst case that I'd seen, um, mostly just because she was so underweight and, yes, her jaw was, um, it had a very distemper look and not knowing her, not knowing her story, not sure if she had active distemper, if this is something that was progressing. So called my mom. My mom rushed up there. We got her to Vergie. Vergie is. The, and the uh, ER and had them immediately start checking her out. Um, and I just so happened to put a post onto our Heights area, Lost and Found, and said, does anybody recognize this dog? Because she's full of milk. Are there puppies? 100% not expecting anybody to respond. And sure enough, within like 30 minutes, a guy jumps in and says, we've been feeding her. Um, she was pregnant, which is the reason we didn't pull her, because we knew she'd had some puppies somewhere. And uh, I know where she lives. Mm. So we, within 10 minutes, we were meeting at the house, and then it just starts to unfold from there, a very long process of um, language barriers and, um, again, never, never having found the owner, having to stay calm enough in a situation where we had to convince them to let us help um, and not trusting us and... And thinking that I, actually thinking that I wanted to take the puppies and sell them, and hmm. not being able to communicate that. So along comes another angel in the way of the employer, who's, yes. who's able to translate. Yes, he's actually a, um, yeah, he's actually an educator, and he's having this man do some work on a house for him. So they were together, and it was just perfect timing. The stars aligned, and he happened to be standing there and could basically advocate for this man on what his wishes were and the thing is is that they had another dog in the yard that looked great mm. um, had a huge bag of food on the porch had a dog house have it wasn't a situation where there were a bunch of chained dogs in the backyard um, the man obviously cared very much about the dogs and was very worried that I'd done something to her was completely panicking that I'd done something to her um, wanted to go see her and um, it Excuse me. It's Clyde. Buddy, what are you chewing on? Clyde. <laughs> Come here. Come here. Um, but I, the, the, the immediate silver lining was that we were able to find out that they had actually had her for a while. They had rescued her off the streets, and she'd already had the job thing. So it was able, we were able to kind of set our minds It's kind of a tick, but I'll put the video up and yeah. so people can see it. It's really unnerving it's if you're not used to seeing a dog like that. Yeah, it was, and... She, she will be seen by a vet and actually do x-rays. We've got, to, we've got to do some other problem solving to see what this is and is it something that we can control with meds. So here you are, this, you know, you're, you're doing your normal thing and you know if you go off your route, you're bound to find 
a dog. So then you find the dog and, or this, you know, you stumble on this dog and then it belongs to a family, it's had puppies and everything gets sort of turned upside down. Sorry, Clyde is trying to sit on my lap. Me Hi, Clyde. Yes, thank you. Yes, so that became the tricky part was do you draw a line in the sand or do you meet halfway? And knowing that being able to see his other dog and knowing that he cared about this dog and when we started talking to them about nutrition for mother dogs nursing, they actually had no idea what they needed to be feeding the mom. Um, they were actually very upset that we thought that they weren't taking care of their dogs. It was very unsettling wow. to them. So I went back and I got the dog. We couldn't, one, we couldn't reach the puppies. They're under a house with a very small opening and they're about 10 days old. And so I did go back and get the mom because it had been several hours and we got the mom back, um, put her back under the house and continued a dialogue. They live under the house. The puppies are under the house. Yeah? Yes. Unfortunately, okay. yes. But so it's cool. It's nice and cool under there. That's the one good thing. But yes. And mom is eating now, which is good. So you named her Swan. Swan. Why? I have no idea. She looks like a little I swan. I don't know. It was, Maybe. I, we thought Jackie and then we thought Jack A, because then, you know, Jack in the box. Um, oh, but she's something okay. about her, just the look on her face. She was a swan. She's just a swan. And they call her what? I think her name is Pearl. You think? I think. It's either okay. Mama or Pearl. I haven't, I can't really figure it out, but. Okay. So normally in rescue, you would take the dogs and then, you know, we just sort of go into our, okay, you take them to the vet and you find a foster and you get donations. And now it's turned into this cool outreach project. It has. So we've actually, we're working with the family to keep their dogs. They're, they're grown dogs. And, um, they are very willing to let us vet and get the medical attention. Um, they, by staying calm and by, by trying to meet them halfway and not making knee-jerk reactions and decisions, um, I was able to sleep on it and realize they're trying. So what if instead I become their partner and their advocate for their dogs? Um, they've got, you know, they immediately patched the hole in the fence where the dog was getting out. They're willing to put up, um, he's, this weekend he's building a little pen under a covered area to put the, the mom and the puppies in. He's so worried about me taking them somewhere where he has no access to them. Um, I've even asked, is this an issue of money or are they trying to sell them? And the answer is no. How they, come they can't live in the house? This, well, we have some cultural issues. We have some, um, or not issues, but barriers. We have some, these are outdoor dogs. Um, but again, they're, they're not chained. They've got houses. They've got, they can go under the house at any time. And I looked under there. It actually wasn't horrible like some of them we've seen. Um, you know, hopefully eventually we'll get to that point where they allow their dogs inside. But sometimes I have to work with what we have. Because heat exhaustion in Houston in the summer is a real thing. It is a real threat. And we've yeah. talked a lot about that. But their front, their front yard is actually has a covered pavilion. And then that's covered by a tree. And when you stand under it, there's a right. lot. Of, it's actually, it's not, it's not awful. I wasn't thinking, like my front yard where my dogs couldn't be out there for very long. Um, they had a little fountain that runs continuously with cold water for them. And I don't know. It's... Not every rescuer would have done, I don't think, what you did. 
or what you're doing now? Um, There's, what made you not judge them? What made me not judge them is honestly, is what's, it's what's going on with our country right now. And the, um, the idea of not listening and figuring out why something's happening. Um, again, I know I sound like a broken record. If I hadn't walked in there and seen with my eyes the love they had for their dog and the food and the house and all of these things, if I just made a decision based on what she looked like, um, yeah, this could have, yeah. Um, but, you know, we were there for about five hours having conversations and talking wow. and trying, because we were trying to get them to give us the dogs. And we had almost gotten there, and then they backed back out. So we're still working on it. And through the through their advocate, uh, we've been texting. He and he's been working with me, and he said they're very willing for us to help come in, at least vet the puppies, help them find homes for the puppies, things like that. Oh, Clyde. Clyde just peed on the floor. Mm, poor guy. I probably should have walked in before we started this. We, we should have definitely walked in before. <laughs> Sorry, Clyde. I'll edit this out. Uh, okay. Um, okay. So, yeah. But Clyde is available for adoption. He is. He's if, so sweet. He loves know. puppies and he loves, the, <laughs> he loves the ladies. He doesn't normally pee on the floor. No, he does not. Yeah. No. Anyway, so um, how often, so now you've got a plan, and how often are you going to be going over there to work with them? That's, that's where we have to figure all of this out. So right now, they're responsible for getting their setup ready um, with the pen for mom and the puppies, and with a, they're going to cover the ground, and, and, you know, they're going to meet me halfway if they're going to keep the puppies at the house. So we're supposed to go back over tomorrow. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, to get the puppies out. But as soon as, um, I hear fan, phantom kittens. Um, oh. As soon as, oh God, um, as soon as they have that set up and ready to go, then our mobile vet will come in, we'll vet both adult dogs, get the puppies on track for getting their, their shots, their microchips, their spay neuter, get them dewormed, all that good stuff, get them going. And then we're gonna just go from there. I. Right now, I don't know. Right now, every day changes. Every conversation we have differs just a little bit. Um, but so I'm just, I'm just following their lead in a lot of ways right now. I can't wait to see how this all unfolds. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, my end goal is that, and they've said they're okay with this, is, you know, we've got to get the parents treated for heartworms. We've got to get them on um, preventatives. And even if we pay for it and again become their animal advocate. We, I was put, I can't save them all. I can't even save all that many of them. But when they're put in my path, there's a reason. I don't know what the reason is or how it's sent to me, but, um, and I might lose sleep over it and I might cry and I might smile and I might laugh, but we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna figure it out, that's all I know. You're a little bit of a magnet for these things. <laughs> it can be, but luckily that magnet is a very weak magnet. And it, <laughs> it doesn't happen like every day. Um, I, you know, I can drive by. I can drive by a lot of things at this point. I can't drive by emaciated mommies, um, a dog that's just, you know, decrepit. Like the guy laying at my feet right now when I found him. Um, you know, there's just cer there's certain dogs that you just see them, 
And it's usually a bully for me that's gonna die. Tell us more about Clyde since you brought oh, it up. Clyde, this guy. I got a call last summer from a friend, and he was outside their business in Greenway Plaza. And some a coworker had actually posted the address of where he was. I'd originally said, I can't do anything. My hands are tied. He's a male bully. I've got all these dogs. And as I watched on two different or maybe even three different Facebook sites where they had posted this, I could see... Um, something unfolding. I didn't know what it was, but there was a family that made me very uncomfortable in that they immediately stepped up to take an almost dead gray pit bull mix. At the time, he looked full pit bull. Now, that's, that's you know. And you didn't know them to be in rescue. This wasn't no, something they was, wanted to help him. It wasn't, and I could. I watched other people click in and start messaging, like, something's off here. Uh, people were having conversations behind the scenes about this dog. Rescuers were about how bizarre this response was. When you click through their page, it was one of those, you just have a gut feeling. And... About what? That they were either coming to fight him or breed him. It was going to be one, uh, or, it was one or the other. Okay. Um, it felt more like a, probably to sell him for fighting situation. And so I had my friend load him in the car, and the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's, you know. Now he's fat, fat, and, up fat and, and happy, and he's just. He's a lover. He um, he just turned into, and you know, it's one of those things. You find this dog, and he knows sit, and he know, you know, he knows basic stuff. He knows how to live in a house, but we couldn't find the owners, and no microchip, unneutered, heartworm positive, all of these things, and so now he has several girlfriends. Uh, he lives in a boarding in a friend's home. And he has several girlfriends, and he loves to play with the puppies. Aww. He loves puppies. Just loves to play with them. Yeah. So. All right. So if you're interested in, I'm going to put um, Clyde's pictures up. So handsome. He's so handsome. So handsome. And if anybody's interested in finding out more about adoption or you're interested in fostering him so you can get him out of the boarding facility, hello. Hello. Um, that would be magnificent. And you, how will they get in touch with you the best way? Email? Probably email, and that is, oh, it's so long. Can we just post it? It's thelovemollyfund at hotmail.org. You know, it's not too late to get a new hotmail. email. I, we, I say this all the time, like, why do we have hotmail? <laughs> but, you know, you can. I work about 15 hours a day right now, and it's, <laughs> there's some things that are last on the list, and there's some things that I have right now. I've got, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I've got nine fosters in my house, and so uh. um, there are often times that, Things I should do. That would be so easy. Don't get done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need to have. Um, uh huh. We need to have a little psychology podcast next about what you know what, what goes into this rescue stuff and how we get to have like ten and fifty dogs at our house and yeah. No, we're, what I'm we at, can do about it. I'm at my. Um, we're there. Well, and right now I'm just. My goal is I've I've cut off. I've cut down. Like, even if we get Swan's puppies, um, or when we do, I will network them through other rescue groups. I um, I have already committed to finding homes for the dogs I have. I do a lot of ferals right now. I've got a lot of dogs that need a little more attention than the average dog, and those are the dogs I have at my house. So to save some money, I'm just, you know, 
have the dogs that I have, and I'm fostering. Okay, so we're going to meet back up with you after you have done some more work with this family. Yes. And um, we look forward to that. Clyde is trying to go up my dress. Mm. And He's a frisky fella. He's very frisky. And um, thank you for being here. No, thanks for having me. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.